All right, take your copy of the Word of God with me, please, to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 5. You know, we have talked so much, and maybe some of the messages I hope you've not been bored about, but John has talked so much about love in this epistle that it has been almost redundant. Of course, nothing is redundant in the Bible. But he has talked extensively about God's love. And here this morning, as he begins to close this epistle, he talks about how God can be angry and God can be very serious about some things. And both are true. And so would you look with me today? We just have two verses this morning, 1 John chapter 5. And we'll start reading again in verse number 16 together. 1 John 5, 16. If any man see his brother's sin... I'll stop right there. You know, you don't have to look, you don't have to have very sharp eyesight to see people sin. If you're observant, sin's everywhere. And you see it. And I hate that we have to see it. Sometimes our children see it. But the Bible says, if any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death. By the way, there's enough sins that you can see that you ought not worry about those that you can see. In other words, don't imagine things about people's lives. There's bad enough that you can see. If any man see his brother's sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. You see the good motivation there? It's not, well, I saw somebody sin, so God kill him. It's no, I'm praying for this sinful individual because I want them to get help from God and I want them to be spared and I want their sin to be cleansed and taken care of. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he should pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. Our text today is in verse number 16 where he says there is a sin unto death. So I'm preaching this morning about a sin unto death. The first thing I need to call your attention to is as we started verse 16, it says if any man see his brother... So as he's talking about these sins unto death, I want you to notice, first of all, it's a sin that is committed by a Christian. He's a brother. I wish it were not so that Christians and saved people, that saved people didn't sin, but that's not true. Saved people do sin. And we started this epistle with that understanding. If any of us say that we've not sin, you know, we make him a liar. The truth's not in us. We, we all have sin problems in our life. We all have sin and we all continue to have sin issues as long as we're in the flesh. But the problem is that saved people don't just sin little bitty sins or sins that are, are insignificant, that Christians also have the possibility of sinning very heinously. A saved person can sin to the point that God's angry enough to put that Christian to death. That is what we're reading in our text. So as we're talking about a sin unto death, we're not talking about the sins 
of the heathen. We're not talking about sins of people that don't know God. We're talking about, if you're here and you name the name of Christ, we're talking about us this morning. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. And I I want to thank God that we do have the blessing of life from the Lord. And I want to say this, there are some things you say, well, that's just terrible that God would kill people. You know, there's, there's some things a lot worse than death. I, I, you know, I, I believe I've seen God kill some of his people. But there are worse things than death, and that is that that God would just allow you to live in your own wickedness. Hell is definitely worse than death. He's not talking about hell in the text, you understand. He's talking about dying because you did something that was heinous enough that got God's attention that he stopped your life. And so he says, there is a sin and death, that doesn't cheapen life. God gives us all the gift of life, but we have to understand that's his gift. You understand? That's his gift. You're breathing this morning because God's good to you. It's not that you deserve to be alive or you merit your life. We, we have life because God is a giving God and he gives to us life. And we live based upon His gift that He gives to us. And any time, that can, that can stop. And so He says that this, this sin, first of all, it's a sin that's committed by a Christian. And then second thing we see this morning, there's only three things, and I'm on number two. You're doing real well this morning. The second thing we see this morning about this sin unto death, it's a sin with a specific penalty. It's a sin unto death. It, it's not a sin just of God judging you in a, in a certain way as He does in our lives over sins that we commit. It's certainly not a judgment of hell, but it's a sin that brings forth the end of your life. And the first thing I want to say about that is as we read verse 16, He says, there is a, a sin unto death, but He also says there's, there's a sin not unto death. <laughs> What I'm thankful for this morning, look at verse 17. All unrighteousness, look at verse 17. All unrighteousness is sin and there is a sin not unto death. You know what I'm real thankful for this morning is that God doesn't kill us for every sin that we do. And that's the mercy of God. Do you know the Bible says the wages of sin is what? Sin deserves death. That's the penalty. But thank God that we don't have a God standing over us with a club that when we sin, He ends our life. But don't mistake that for the fact that He can do that. How many things have God's people committed in their life that were worthy of God's judgment, but He He didn't, He held it back. There is a sin not unto death. And you know when he talks, we talk about things that are, all sins aren't the same, guys. Some sins have bigger penalties than others. 
That's what we're seeing in this text. We see sins that God won't kill us for, but there's a sin over here that God says, all right, that's it. The penalty is death. But, but, but when we look at sin, the Bible says all unrighteousness is sin. We look at sin sometimes, oh, what kind of bad thing could... And you're going to be shocked probably before I get through with this text. Because the sin unto death probably is not the worst sin you can think of. Because he says in the text, all unrighteousness is sin. You know what sin is? It's not just really heinous bad things. It's anything that you do that isn't right. All unrighteousness is sin. I'm not going to preach a whole message about Sin, but there are sins of commission and there are sins of omissions, things that we omit in our life that we should do right, that we don't do that's right, that that, that are sin, just like just terrible, wicked acts that we read about in the paper. All unrighteousness is sin. Thank God, God doesn't have the same penalty for every sin. Or all of us would be dead this morning. And we all deserve that. We all deserve that. But he's merciful. And he's gracious to us. So, so there's some sins that don't have the same penalty. This sin unto death is the penalty of death. Now, there are worse sins in the Bible, or greater sins, I should say. Now, a lot of times we look at things in our minds. Okay, the greater sin, we, we, we look at things and we, we judge things to be worse you know, Jesus said, this is how, now look, all sin is sin, okay? All sin is sin. But some sins have greater penalties. You, you've got to understand this. And that's why God judges in different ways for different things that we do. Jesus said to Pilate, he said, He that hath delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Remember that verse? Now that means, now all sin is sin. I mean, the Bible tells us all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone as the second death, right? I mean, it, 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 even lies it is enough to, to make a person a hell-bound individual. Well, we're not minimizing sin at all because even the lie will wind you up in hell if you don't get to the blood of Jesus. But Jesus said to Pilate, He that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. In other words, Pilate, you're going to sin against... You know, Pilate was guilty of, of, of letting Jesus die. That was a sin. But the Jews that delivered him for envy had a greater sin than he did. And so what I want to talk to you just a few, about, a few minutes about is, is how God figures out this punishment of what a sin is greater than another as far as deserving of judgment. Because I tell you what, I, I, like, I enjoy life. I, I enjoyed the prayer breakfast yesterday morning. Amen. I, I enjoy breathing. And I don't live my life in such a way I think God's going to club me and kill me every time I sin because I understand that. I understand God's not like that. But I also understand that God's so very serious about sin that I can cross the line. He says, that's it. You're out. So I think I want to understand that a little better. 
Do you know that you could commit the sin unto death in your life? It doesn't matter if you're 12 or you're 15 or you're 25 or you're 35 or if you've not been sick a day in your life. I'm telling you right now from the Bible that you as a, a Christian can commit a sin unto death and your life will be over and it doesn't matter what your health status is or what your diet is or how much you are careful. When God wants you dead, you die. I don't want God want me dead. You say, preacher, I don't like hearing this message. You should have been on all the messages on love we preached. <laughs> this is the next verse. Now, we go back in the Bible and we start looking at people that killed for certain sins, penalties. There is a sin unto death. Well, let me tell you about a few of them. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. That's Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. God said before there, was, before there was government, before there was any of that, before there was Ten Commandments, God said if you kill somebody else, I'm not talking about accidents. If you, if you murder someone, then you, you are going to be put to death. As soon as you snuff out their life, then, they, then you're going to die because you just committed a sin unto death. You don't get to live anymore. You say, God's not going to kill me because I'm not going to kill anybody. No, it's not that easy. Because then you go through the Old Testament, and God, I'll tell you this, God is committed to government the responsibility to put people to death for sin. You find that in the book of Romans. He tells us in Romans chapter 13, he talks about that that government that is a revenger to execute wrath and judgment on those that do evil. The government is supposed to enforce the execution of those that have committed sins unto death. They're supposed to do that. The nation of Israel, the government of Israel did that. Our government does it very rarely. We still do that, by the way, though they try to get rid of that. But you watch it. When there are no more sins unto death in America, you watch what happens to America. God is entrusted. And if government does not put people to death, they are not fulfilling their God-given responsibility. That's one of the reasons government exists, to to put to death the people that have committed the sins that are worthy of death. God says murder. Here's one. In the Old Testament, he says, all right, if you uh, kidnap people or you child traffic people, Did you know that's in the Old Testament? You kill them. That was a sin unto death. We were praying the last couple of days. We didn't send a prayer chain out on it, but there was a missionary, not that our church supports, that that, uh, a a daughter in Africa that got kidnapped this week. And we prayed earnestly that God would deliver them, deliver this, this young lady, and thank the Lord she got back home. But they ought to catch those people and they deserve to die. That's, that, that was what's in the Old Testament. All these child... Isn't it amazing that our government cares not about all this child trafficking going across the border all the time? Guys, see, see when you start having a very low opinion of sin, then, then everything goes. It doesn't matter what it is. A sin unto death was not only that. A sin unto death in the Old Testament was also rape. 
Do you know how much we would uh, clear our prisons out if everybody that raped somebody was put to death? We would have a very small prison population. A smaller. Rape was a sin unto death in the Old Testament. You said, preacher, what do you think about that? I think it's our government's responsibility to do what they need to do in our society. It's not my responsibility. That's like these people say, well, you know, years and years ago, I remember I, I came through the 80s and the 90s, and, and I remember when they killed a, a, abortion doctors. You remember that? Well, they killed somebody. It's not your job to kill anybody. You're not the revenger. You say, well, government's not doing it. Well, then God will take that with the government. That's not your responsibility. Rape. You say, boy, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm clear. Adultery. Adultery in the Old Testament was a sin unto death. Getting a little bit closer to home, aren't we? You say, preacher, I know people that have, even Christians committed, uh, you know, adultery and God didn't kill them. I understand that because there is a sin not unto death. Because I'm not yet defined in the New Testament what a sin unto death is. A sin unto death in the New Testament is not necessarily adultery. It could be, but it's not necessarily. What other sins in the Old Testament were sins unto death? If someone was a false prophet, if someone worshipped false gods, if someone was involved in the occult, they were to be put to death. In the Old Testament also, and I'm not giving a comprehensive list, but in the Old Testament also you have homosexuals were put to death. If you commit an act of homosexuality, that was a sin unto death. Also an act of bestiality. I can't believe you're saying that from the pulpit. Just buckle up to our society. There will be no end to the depravity and filthiness of this society. It will never stop. He says, you know, you die if you do that. That's a sin unto death. There's another list of sins. Sins against somebody's parents. You know, if you cursed your father and mother in the Old Testament, they put you to death. Or if you smote them. If you hit your mom and dad, you die. You say, well, thank God we don't believe that in the New Testament. Well, I thought my dad did. <laughs> I, would, I would have no more thought I could raise my hand against my dad or my mom. I, would, I believe that I would certainly die. We don't live in that world today, do we? There is a sin. I'm just trying to throw out some of these things that people died if they, if they broke the Sabbath day. There's all types of different sin. He says in the New Testament, Romans chapter 1, they that commit such things are worthy of death. Of course, that's also the chapter of, of homosexuality. Now, now go, now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. There are still sins unto death is what I'm trying to tell you. And just because you don't see God killing people doesn't mean they're not worthy of it and doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Now, just because God has committed to government and government's not been doing that, 
Doesn't mean that he doesn't kill people. But this is what I want to show you this morning. God is not really in the business. Now, I'm not saying he won't do it. God is not in the business of executing judgment on the heathen for their sins in this life and killing people. People that, if people don't know God, if they're not saved when they sin, God is not waiting for them to commit these sin and kill people. That, that, he doesn't do that. You know why? Because there's something bigger that's waiting for them than judgment in this life. It's called hell. God's not killing all the murderers. We, we wish maybe He would. God's not killing all the rapists or the child traffickers or, or, or the adulterers or the homosexuals or, the, or people involved in all these things we've been told. He doesn't do that with the lost people. God is, I'm not saying He can't. I'm not saying He won't. He, God can do anything He wants to do. <laughs> but I'm saying it's not His business to judge the devil's children during their lifetime. They will be judged in eternity. What God does, He deals with His children. And so a sin unto death, we already said it, it's a sin committed by a Christian. It's a sin with a very certain penalty. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So look here in, in, in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, if I told you this, this morning, okay, don't do X, and if you won't do X, then God will let you live. You'd probably make a note of that and say, well, phew. it ain't that easy. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, watch this. He says, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse number 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God. That's written to save people. You're a temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. That, that saved people. Verse 17, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God what? Destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. God says if you defile, defile your temple, I will destroy you. If you defile your body, that is the body of Christ that belongs to God, that the Holy Ghost, if you defile that temple, then I'll destroy you. That's what he said. Now that, that's a sin unto death there. He doesn't say exactly what it is. He said, but if you defile the temple of God, you're finished. Look at chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible says in verse number 5, we'll pick up the reading. 1 Corinthians 10, 5. He said, preacher, I don't like to talk about this. Hey, hey guys, this is a wonderful warning. Somebody in here this morning could extend their life if they listen. I'm not kidding. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. You know what he just said in that text? He said, I got so mad with my children in the wilderness that I destroyed them. I killed them. And some of it was adultery. And some of it was fornication. And some of it was tempting Christ. 
And some of it was murmuring. Now, wait a minute. Aren't you glad that a sin unto death is not just murmuring because we'd all be dead here this morning? But it can be. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the next chapter. So he gives all these warnings and then he puts a personal illustration in the text of people that committed a sin unto death. You ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30. For this cause, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Here God has killed believers at the Lord's table because they partook of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner and they would not judge themselves. And so God judged them and he, he, he made some of them sick and he killed some of them. You say, well, as long as I judge myself in the Lord's table, I'll be all right. No, not necessarily. Because our text in 1 John makes it so vague makes it so vague. He says, he says, all right, here's the sin unto death. It's committed by a Christian. It has a very certain penalty. But listen, listen, it's an unspecified sin. He just says a sin. Wouldn't it be great if we would think if God would just spell it out? He didn't spell it out. He just says a sin. And he, he, he makes it so vague that he says there's a sin unto death. There's a sin not unto death. And I do not say you'll pray for it. And it's like everything is uncertain. Well, what is the sin unto death? It's an unspecified transgression. Some have said, well, it's the sin that you continue to do. That's not always true either. Acts chapter 5, here comes two of God's people, Ananias and Sapphira. They did one thing, one time, and God says, you're dead. They lied to the Holy Ghost. They lied to the people. They said, and what was their sin? Did they rape anybody? Did they murder anybody? No, they lied about their offering. And God says, you're finished. And he killed the husband first, and then here comes the lady, and she agreed, and it was in on the lie, and then God killed her. So a sin unto death could be a lie. He <laughs> oh. said, preacher, you're not helping me. I'm trying to. It's not something you just continue. Have you noticed all those people in the Old Testament God killed? Do you remember when God killed um, Judah's two boys? They did one thing and he dropped them dead. I won't even talk about it. I never forget. I got up and said, I'm going to preach through the book of Genesis. And I forgot about that chapter. <laughs> you preach through every verse of the Bible, brother, you deal with a lot of things anyway. So some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. So you'll have a good search this afternoon. You remember when God killed Aaron's sons? They did one thing, one time, he dropped them dead. You remember when Uzzah, what was that preacher? That was a sin unto death for him. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. It's an unspecified sin. And the sin unto death for one believer may be a different sin unto death for another believer. 
not only is it not something that you have to continue in, it's also not the unpardonable sin. Guys, I've got to say this. I'm not going to preach on the unpardonable sin this morning because I'm on my last point of this message on a sin unto death. But but there's so much confusion about that. I I, I was at a missions conference just just in the last month and a young man came to counsel with me. He was was, uh, around 20 years of age and he sat down with me and and, a nice dressed young man and he, he was at the end of the rope and I preached a message and God took it on his heart and the preacher said, you need to go talk to him. And he sat down with me and he said, I, I don't think God can, can forgive me because of what I've done. And I said, well, why do you think that? He said, well, I think maybe I've committed the unpardonable sin. And I, I told that young man, I said, you can't commit the unpardonable sin. Because after the blood of Jesus Christ was shed, he says that blood can cleanse us from all sin. The unpardonable sin is mentioned in the gospel period way before Jesus shed His blood having forgiven us all trespasses. There is no sin the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse today. There is, and we thank God for that. But there was a day that there was a sin you could admit you could not be forgiven of. And it was committed in a three and a half year period when Jesus walked upon the face of this earth the Bible says they blaspheme the Holy Ghost. You show up, people. Can people blaspheme the Holy Ghost? They blaspheme God every day. <laughs> but now, he says, the reason they have never forgiveness, the book of Mark says, because they said, he hath an unclean spirit. I just quoted a verse of Scripture. The unpardonable sin was seeing the works, the miracles of Jesus that he did in the power of the Holy Ghost and calling God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, saying, He has a devil. He's doing that by the power of the devil. And Jesus said, you can't be forgiven of that. The reason we can't commit that today, Jesus is not walking around doing miracles today. And we live on this side of the cross, not that side of the cross. I will say this, though. That unpardonable sin is going to occur again when I leave. Amen. I believe in the rapture. I believe church is getting out of here. We're going to be caught up together with him. And there's going to be a time of great tribulation. And it's not going to be God in the flesh on earth. It's going to be Satan in the flesh on earth, the Antichrist. Now watch this. Watch this. At the middle of the week of the seven-year tribulation, the Antichrist sits in the temple showing himself that he's God. He is the devil in the flesh. But he says, I'm God. And people come take his mark. And people worship him. And the Bible says, if you take his mark, if you worship him, you can never be forgiven. You will go to hell. Doesn't matter what you've done before or after that time. That's why I know the church won't be here during the tribulation period because there's no way that we could be here during that time. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're part of the nation of Israel. It doesn't matter what happened. You take the mark of the beast, you worship the beast, you go to hell and that's the end of the story. That can only happen for three and a half years just like the three and a half years of Jesus. Do you see that? It's just the opposite of the unpardonable sin in Jesus' day, calling God in the flesh the devil. And over here, it's calling the devil in the flesh God. You can't commit that sin. And you know that this is not the sin unto death because he didn't say that there is a sin that you could not be forgiven of. He didn't say that in 1 John, did he? 
He says there's a sin unto death. He didn't say there's a sin you commit that you can never be free. He didn't say that. Two, two opposite different sins. He didn't say you couldn't be forgiven of this. He just says your life will be finished. Your life's over. It's an unspecified sin with an unspecified time frame. You know, there are some cancers that if you get them without some miracle of God, there is just a certain amount of time and then you're going to die. If that's in your body, if you get a, a glioblastoma in your brain, there is just a certain amount of months and you, without just some transformative miracle. Many diseases are that way. Do you know a sin unto death has an unspecified time? Someone can commit the sin unto death. That doesn't mean they die today. I'll give you an illustration. In 1 Kings, I think it's chapter 21, God came to Ahab through his prophet, through Elijah, and he says, you're a dead man. You're going to die, and your Jezebel wife's going to die. And all your family's going to die. You know what that was? That was a sin unto death. God had it up to here with Ahab, and he says, you're dead. You're a dead man walking. But you know what happened? He didn't die for three years. But he was as good as dead. You know what he did even after the prophet Elijah told him? He humbled himself and he said, Oh God, I'm, I'm so sorry. And you know what? He's still a dead man. God just said, All right, I'm just going to delay this, but you're still dead. You have, is anybody listening to me this morning? You've committed a sin unto death, and though you've humbled yourself, this is still going to happen because I'm fed up with it with you. Now, here's the interesting thing. He said also the same thing about Jezebel. Man, you know, I tell you what, nobody names their little girls Jezebel. Do you know that she didn't die for 16 more years? What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you can commit a sin unto death. That doesn't mean you're dying tomorrow. But that means that you have just shortened your life to whatever time frame God chooses. And he's saying this. You might as well not even pray about that. I don't know, Brother Larry. Probably in my ministry, I have prayed for some saved people to be spared and lived that God said, don't even pray to me about it. Because back there, their life was over. You say, Preacher, what are you trying to tell me this morning? I'm trying to let you know how serious our sins are before the Lord. But let me, let me give you, get James chapter 5. I'm going to give two other places and I'll be done. James chapter 5. I think this will help you. Get James chapter 5. Sometimes these sins are just, people don't even, they're, they're hidden. They're hidden in our hearts. Get James chapter 5 and Hebrews chapter 12. And I think you can do it. you got ten fingers there. Get Proverbs 29 and I'll be done. Proverbs 29, James 5, and Hebrews 12. 
It's an unspecified sin. James chapter 5, the Bible says this in verse number 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. That means this sickness was not just, you know, a cold or something. People said, Preacher, do you believe in anointing people with oil? I do, but this is a sickness unto death, you see. Their life needs to be saved. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Watch it. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. In other words, there may be sin in that guy's life that caused this sickness. That's going to kill him. Sometimes there's sin in there that you can't see that causes a person to die. He said in verse 16, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Sometimes these are unspecified sins on the inside that nobody's seen. Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says in verse number 5, and this, I could have started this and we would have been through in 15 minutes. But I wanted you to hear all the rest of these verses. Hebrews 12, 5, the Bible says this, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. That's a saved person. That's a Christian. That's a brother, you see. Just like our text. Nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. In other words, God just says this. If God never chastens you or deals with you about your sin, you're not, you're not saved. You don't belong to Him. Because every child of God, God deals with us about our sin problems. Every one of us. And if you can sin and it never bothers you, you need to get born again. Saved people can commit sin, but they can't do it without it bothering them. We can commit heinous things, but God bothers us because we're His children. Now watch it. Nine. Furthermore, we've had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and gave them reverence. Shall we not rather, much rather, be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and, what's the word? Live. In other words, God will kill one of His children. Your life will be over. You have committed the sin and the death. But look, it doesn't just happen in a fortnight. It's not just something that, that's just flipping in your life. Because this is what He says in the book of Hebrews. If you're a child of God and you sin, God rebukes you. He deals with you. But if you're not listening to Him, He'll scourge you. He brings things to pass in your life to get your attention. He'll hurt you deeply to get your attention about the condition of your heart. But if you still are not responding to His chasing, then He says, if you're not in subjection of the Father of spirits, you're not even going to stay alive. If you'll respond to the chasing, God doesn't just stand over you and, go and bop you on the head. He deals with you about your sin, but if you don't, if you don't take care of it, 
there'll come a day that you'll sin and you've not dealt with it and you've not dealt with it. I don't even know what it is. And God said, I've had enough. And that's where Proverbs 29.1 comes in. He that hardeneth, he that being often reproved. Now that's what we just read about. When we sin against God, he reproves us. He tells us we're wrong. He deals with us. He speaks to us about it. He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be what? Destroyed. And that without remedy. There's there's no getting out of it. Preacher, what is a sin unto death? It's when God deals with your heart and you don't care. And His long-suffering puts up with us enough continually. And I, Listen, guys. He, he's spoken to all of us about our sin problems and we've ignored it sometimes. Every one of us have done that. But when God continues to deal with us as His children and we continue to ignore His reproof and continue to ignore His chastening, God can have enough of that. And it's not just murder or drug abuse or whatever. It's just a Christian saying, I'm not going to listen to you. And it could be a lie. And God says, I'm finished dealing with you because you won't listen to me. It's like that little child that goes up to the hot oven, keeps trying to put their hands on the stove. And mom comes by and says, don't touch that. And they keep going back. And they, I told you not to touch that. And goes back to touch it. Don't touch that. Hot. And that child just continually tries to reach for it. And pretty soon mom just grabs the child up in their arms and takes them away from the problem. You know, Christian, if you continue to try to touch that, you're not listening to the reproof and to the scourging and to the chastening. The Lord can say, I'll just have to take you up here with me because I'm going to take you away from that.